Did you know that Radio Vermont Group Digital Services can create videos including drone footage? We've even won awards for our videos. If you'd like to learn more and see examples of our work, go to rvgdigital.com. Radio Vermont Group, we're more than just radio. We're back. Our guests, we're going over because this is such a scintillating conversation. (laughs) Julia Watson is our guest. We're shouting out to all her friends who are listening. She is the owner of 802 Coffee and Capital Grounds in downtown Montpelier, and she is reopening after flood damage October. Okay, I don't have a date yet, unfortunately. No date. Okay. Uh, but I will now. have signs. Yeah. What's What's going on in the shop? Um, well, when we look in the windows, what's what can we see? You can see that the sheetrock finally got up and that the subfloor is all down. Thank you, John from Julio's, for lending us your kitchen John staff. Mayfield. <laughs> they, yeah, my landlord literally hired kitchen staff from Julio's to put down the subfloor. They went kitchen cook to new, I don't know, construction workers. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you about that. Uh, why, why would John Mayfield do that? To this keep is, his staff on. To keep his staff on. So he's paying his staff to come over to your place. And I think Steve, I think Steve Everett is paying them Steve, too. The the landlord, mm-hmm. who is both of your landlords. Yep. Yeah. But apparently they had some carpentry skills. But John doesn't have to do that. No. So let's. But now John we, also has been in business for a very long time and yes, doesn't have bills like I have bills. Yeah. If I could have kept my whole staff on, I totally would have. Yeah. But we renovated in March and we didn't take out a loan for that either. So being closed for a week, like we just, our cash flow and again, Capital Grounds has been around for 25 years, but I'm three years and I've made a lot of changes. One of the things we do on the show when we talk about the flood is we, we, we declare that we will only shop local. Um, I saw Bobby Rome on the street, the owner of Rome's and we, here's a great Montpelier story. So I need a, I needed a pair of indoor shoes in my house. We have like a no shoe policy, you know, yeah. can't track the grit in from outside. <laughs> so my indoor shoes of 30 years had finally come apart. So I saw Bobby on the street, her shop is closed. And I said, God, I'm desperate for a pair of inside shoes. She says, I've got an office above you. Yeah. That your landlord and gave I, her. my office is above her. I, she's on the second floor. I'm on the third floor. She says, "Come up to my office. Let's look. At, <laughs> let's look at some shoes." And I, I love got Bobby. The, I got the best pair of shoes ever. Mm-hmm. There's a plus. There's there's a there's a pro Montpelier story. I mean, the number of stories of people coming to each other's aid. Yeah. Give us give us something. And then there's them. those people that are like. What a great opportunity to redo your space and what a great opportunity for a facelift. And I'm like, yeah, I'm only out hundreds of thousands of revenue and like I have so much money not to redo everything. I just need to reopen as soon as possible. Did you, but do you, do, <laughs> but on that point, is there any silver lining here for you? We are changing around the cafe. Talk, talk, talk about that. Um, we're using all of our same cabinets and we're trying to do it again as fast as possible. So when we did the renovation in March, we were hoping to do it in five days. It ended up being the full seven. And, um, again, it's time and it's money and it's scary. It's scary to shut down and lose. And are people going to, how are people going to respond to it? And, um, when we did that renovation, 
it felt really crazy busier, but um, the way that we had the counter was really obnoxious. And because of the corner that we called the living room by the basement stairs, um, so the line would like back up and people would wait back because they didn't know which register. So now the registers are going to be right next to each other. So that'll be better. We took out the little half wall. We'll have a little bit more seating. Um, coffee will be different. We're actually going to have seating. There, the coffee used to be on, like looking out over the river, and now that will all be seating. So. There are good things happening. We had to, we lost our walk-in. Um, we moved into that space in 2005, and that walk-in was, is ancient. And when we took it apart, I'm really glad we did. So we have a new walk-in. It'll be bigger. Th- things will be better. It's just time. It's just time being closed, and it's sad. (laughs) Been talking to Kyle, obviously, downstairs at Casey's Bagels, and she's our bagel person. If you right. guys didn't know, we get them delivered daily from Casey's, and right. she's like, let me know when, how many bagels. And I'm like, everyone keeps asking when we're going to get bagels back, and we're going to go through a lot of bagels, I think. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of pent-up demand. Your fans are going to return. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. What? Last question. Uh, you're going to reopen. You've hung sheetrock. This flood's going to happen again. I know. Is your basement empty? Are Our your, basement's empty. And we did moved your electrical and your mechanicals upstairs? What, what's the... The landlord did, yes. Yeah. Um, majority of stuff was already upstairs. Um, but we didn't really use the basement. The only thing that we had in the basement was our walk-in compressor. So that got moved. And um, so we lost so much food from the flood because of that. And then um, because of all of our equipment, we have a water softener and special filtration for our equipment, our espresso machine and our coffee brewers and our water. And um, that stuff was in the basement as well. Can I ask you another question? I was standing out on the street in front of – across from your place the Mm -hmm. other day and with a friend and we were looking down and he said to me, God, these streets are still filthy. I know. And, and they've cleaned them, I think. Well, I, I, the street sweepers have gone through, it seems to me. But why wouldn't you get the fire department out there and um, pressure wash the whole damn thing? I don't know. But Barry said that – like, I'm in Barry a lot these days because yeah. that's where the roastery is. Apparently, someone said that the Barry firefighters did that for all of their storefronts. And yeah. I'm like, what? Come do it for us too. That'd be That would be amazing. Yeah, I just with the tour buses coming through and peak foliage on the way, it would seem to me you'd want these streets and sidewalks to be as spick and span as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of I've heard from other store owners and especially restaurants. I mean, Sarducci's has been insane since the flood because they're the only place open, and Aranda's and um, Red Hen <laughs> Red Hen Bakery in Middlesex. Right, places jammed. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. I actually. T- I, if you want to see your Capitol Grounds buddies, just go to Red Hen Bakery. I know the but owner. we'll all be back. Randy? I, yeah, Randy. Yeah, I talked to him. He's like, you need to reopen yeah. because yeah. <laughs> we are so busy. Send me your employees. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, which is great well, I mean, for uh, on, people on, that are open. <laughs> on the employee front, um, do you have to hire new staff? 
I need to hire a lot of new staff if we plan to keep the same hours. So we will be hiring. We are hiring. I need a, an assistant manager, <laughs> too. In addition, I need that. I've got one for you. Yeah. He's probably going to go back to UVM, but he might be taking the year off. Yeah. Good. Montpelier High School. Well, send him my way. Solid citizen. She's hiring everybody. <laughs> Uh, before the flood was, you know, everyone, it, there's a worker shortage. Nobody can get jobs. Apparently everyone's sitting on their couch with COVID money watching Netflix all day. And it was really it, frustrating. You can't get people? We were just starting to get people. During, all throughout COVID, we, it was impossible. It was, it was so difficult, especially cooks. Like nobody wanted to cook. But with that extra 600 a week or something, I never saw that money, but everyone else did. And they got yeah. to, I mean, I literally had employees that I was like, I need you to come back to work. We're so busy. We're the only place open. And they were like, no. <laughs> okay. I think, yeah. Truly the last question. Uh, what can we as your customers do to help you? Um, I think just keeping the the word out there that we are reopening and when we do reopening when we do reopen just support and also 802coffee.com we do free delivery to Barry and Montpelier residents if you order coffee online you can get it in the 12 ounce bags 2 pound 5 pound wait we do you'll deliver coffee to my house right to your front doorstep oh my god i'll even knock on your door and say hey kevin you don't do that have a wonderful day here's your coffee <laughs> I'm talking about whole bean or ground, whole bean, but yeah. yeah, not lattes and stuff. So, <laughs> so when my children visit from uh, California, DC, and New York City, and they can't function without grinding in a special—I'm I'm a tea drinker, so I don't get it—but the, yeah. there's a special machine that we have to buy, and <laughs> and it's you know it's noon before they can function. We should order 802 Coffee. Yeah, 802coffee.com. Okay. We, there's a free local delivery option for people that um, live in Barrie or Montpelier. Okay. And if you have a business in Montpelier, like Bobby, Rome, yeah. she gets her free coffee delivered right to her office. <laughs> or, yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's been happening since COVID. And I don't think we're going to stop that ever. <laughs> It's Should, kind of funny because now I know where a lot of our customers live. And live. I'm like, oh, yeah, you yeah. drink this. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know a lot of the secrets. Oh, it's kind of weird. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Julia Watson is the owner of 802 uh, Coffee and Capital, more importantly for me, Capital Grounds Cafe in downtown Montpelier. She's going to be open uh, at, at the latest mid October. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she needs you help and she needs you to come uh, buy your stuff. She needs her customers to come back. So join me and uh, on that first day, I'll be watching and I'll be there that first day. We'll get a breakfast sandwich and uh, a cup of tea and a bunch of other stuff. Julia Watson, good luck and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to be joined by uh, co-host Greg Titus and we're going to go to California to talk to Vermont Viewpoint uh, film critic Keenan Ellis, and we're going to turn the tables and we're going to talk to me about my favorite movies. Apparently that was his condition for coming on the show. We'll be back. I'm Kevin Ellis. It's Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. We're back. Uh, we're joined in the studio by the one and only Greg Titus. Uh, 
from the Mad River Valley. Also on the line, uh, Vermont Viewpoint film critic Keenan Ellis from California. Little early out there, but uh, he's he's out of bed and joining us. Welcome, Keenan, to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, okay, Ke- Keenan must be hardy yeah. pioneer stock if he's up at seven thirty in the morning out in Davis. So I, I'm very very impressed. You know, hardy Vermont stock, I would say. Oh, that's you know? it, and, and make sure everyone in California knows that. What, what have I done? Oh, I do. I'm too Danny's loud. Annoyed. Signaling. They're annoyed at me all the time. Okay, yeah. it's these things. We're, we're adjusting the volume controls. Okay, before we get to movies, uh, I'm going to just tick off, and I want your reaction. The writer's strike has been settled. Robert Menendez, the U.S. senator from New Jersey, my hometown, uh, has been indicted by a federal grand jury for all sorts of corruption. Uh, the Department of Justice has filed a lawsuit against Amazon for being an illegal monopoly. And uh, a, a judge ruled that Donald Trump, that the attorney general of New York is right in ruling that Donald Trump, uh, uh, that basically his entire business empire was ill-gotten. There's a lot going on here. Is there a theme that runs through it all for you? It's It, it feels... It, it just feels weird. It, it's almost like politics has become performance art. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I sound I, – I am old, so I sound that way. And, and I think back – I mean I go back. So I covered – so I covered the Vermont legislature in the in the early 80s. Um, I did the legislative report on, on WDEV. This was back uh, – Anson Ralph, Tebitz was here? Um, Anson Tebitz was here. Ralph Wright had taken over as uh, house speaker from was, Stephen Morse. I was there. And it, it was – and and Ralph Ralph brought a certain energy from his Massachusetts background to Vermont mm-hmm. politics, which a lot of people had a hard time with. But the thing is, is, is that it worked. I loved it. Um, yeah, and yeah, and, and and Ralph was not someone that you wanted to cross. He he had a long memory, but 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 again, he he understood how to make a place function. And and, and I'm not suggesting that Vermont that that, that 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 that's not how things are in Vermont now. Although I think the supermajority for the Democrats is not necessarily a healthy thing for our state. But on the national level, I mean, and again, you, you look at I mean Menendez. I, I get the fact that he's defending himself, and he says, well, you know, I kept. Uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, you know, sewed into my pockets because I'm afraid that people are going to come and take my money. But what about the gold bars? Yeah. You know, wh- wh- what about the cars? The, the Mercedes-Benz sports car. Yeah, and, and, and all the other stuff. And the mortgage payments. Yeah, and, and the other thing. So you, I, I, this is the first thing I said to you when you came in this morning. I'm not familiar with how bench trials normally work. Yeah. But it just seemed really odd to me that even – because the trial hasn't really started yet. This is all pre-trial stuff. And the judge has basically said to, uh, uh, to, uh, to, to, to James, who's the, who's the AG of New York, you know something? You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, it's, it's, it's like every day, every day something else hits. And then you've got the – I mean when I think of performance art, to, to me everything going on for the shutdown. Right in, yeah. in, in, in the House and Senate, it's all performance. Yeah, it's all uh, uh, people are and, and people are playing to to what they feel their audience is. So, can I uh, draw now a link to what you just said to my favorite TV show, which is on Apple TV, and now we can segue over to Keenan Ellis, which is the Morning Show with 
Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon yeah. Billy Crudup, who I think it, that's how you pronounce it. It is the best TV show. And but here's what I take from it, and that is this: you talk about performance art. What this show taught is teaching me is that when you watch Good Morning America or the Today Show or any of those morning shows, or for that matter, TV in general, it's all fake. It's all phony. It's all selling uh, advertising to beer companies and food companies and car companies, etc. They don't really – those executives don't care what's on the air as long as people watch. Right. And that's – and what, what draws what draws eyeballs. Yeah. Um, and it's it's sort of uh, the the noisier – the noisier that you are, the more attention that you can draw to yourself regardless of what it is that you may be pushing, whether it's accurate or not. Again, as long as you're drawing – as you're drawing views, if you're drawing clicks, yeah. if people are tuning in, uh, that's where the money is. Keenan Ellis out in California. Are we being too cynical over here about uh, the fakery of of uh, entertainment and uh, the executives and all that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, we're in the heart of a strike right now, and I know the writers just finished, but the actors are still going. But the reason the writers are striking is because they're the ones who write all the fakery, and and a lot of the a lot of the fakery is celebrated. I mean, what is fiction storytelling but lies um and that is that can be a really wonderful thing um but yeah anytime you go on a reality tv set there there are writers and you're all just putting it together and the writers are hitting the executives where they hurt most which is in the ad revenue which is in the bottom line and the writers are saying people will not watch unless we create good shows, and they are banking on the fact that that is true. Is that true? I'm I don't know for sure. I, people a lot of people watch a lot of terrible things, um, but it seems they've gotten to a acceptable uh, solution uh, agreement here. So. Yeah, it was, it's been 150 days. Yeah. And what you always wonder when something like this ends, so you, you, you see the two sides come out and spin, but you say to yourself, why, why did this take five months? You know? Well, it, it, I listened to, uh, the, the New York Times Hollywood writer this morning explain it this way. He said, for the first time, this got settled because the writers had leverage. The studios uh, were losing huge amounts of money every single day. Their stock prices were going down. And for the first time, Bob Iger from Disney, um, Zasloff from uh, – uh, I can't remember. Sarandos from um, – Sarandos uh, from Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. They all got in a room with the writers. And they basically said, we're going in. We're not coming out till we have a deal. That's right. And they gave the writers pretty much what they wanted uh, because they were – Losing so much money, and if you look at the if you look at the economic background right now, again, like movie, th- I'm thinking movies in particular, but but they're really still sort of recovering from yeah. the pandemic because um, I and I don't know any numbers. Keenan may have more than I do, but I, I I don't think attendance at movie theaters now is anywhere near what it was before the COVID hit. Well, I no, know. It's, yeah, it's, go ahead, Keenan. No, it's not. But it's also they're being attacked on three fronts here. They got they got hit with COVID, which destroyed their numbers. The writers and actors are both striking. And then the streaming bubble is burst. And so after 10, 15 years of 
spending money to create as many shows as possible to put on streaming, they're finally realizing that streaming has a ceiling and they're not, they've been losing money for 15 straight years. And so with those three basically attacks on their fortress, they can't hold it together anymore. So they need to shore up one, one wall while they can, so they can focus on this streaming catastrophe that's happening. Whereas every single streamer is facing closure because every single streamer is losing money. Right, and HBO, I mean, HBO Max, it's, it's Max now. I mean, they've, with yeah. Paramount. Uh, and, and I can tell you as a consumer, um, you know, people tell me, well, why are you paying? We, we have direct TV. They're saying, well, you can stream. I can't, I can't figure this stuff out. Right. You know, it's, no. it, it's, it's like, where do I go to watch the show I want to go? I don't want to have to have seven or eight apps yeah. to be able to watch yeah. stuff. So yeah, it's a, it's a weird market Ooh. out there right now. So yeah, it's gonna it's right. gonna consolidate, right, Keenan? We're gonna have two streamers out there: Netflix and somebody else. Well, yeah, it's very funny. I, I, I we're gonna go back to cable TV. It, the thing is, is that cable TV as a system worked. It worked. It was. It. I have heard it described as a socialist system, actually, where you buy the package, <laughs> and even though you're not watching the Disney Channel, you're getting it for ESPN. Some of that money goes to the Disney Channel anyway, and so the tide raises all ships, and it worked. And um, and we got really excited about streaming, and we broke the system that worked and replaced it with a system that doesn't. And um, you're right. It's all going to start consolidating and start moving back to cable TV. Commercials are coming back into these apps. Oh, and so, Yep. Yep. <laughs> I won't do and it. I will not do that, it. But this is the thing. Streaming has taught us that we can live without commercials. So the, the companies are going to try to go back to a cable TV model. And But will the audience fall? I don't know. I Whenever I watch Peacock... And a commercial comes on. I want to turn off the TV. I don't, I just, I don't want to. I don't want my stories interrupted by McDonald's commercials. A condition of Keenan coming on the show this early was turning the tables on the host and saying, "What are your five favorite movies?" And I've been waiting all morning for this. Okay, so. <laughs> Keenan, do I have that right? Absolutely. I yeah. I like the idea that you can tell a lot about somebody by oh, the movies they love. Definitely, it's a it's a real psychological look into the mind. So uh, Absolutely. So we're analyzing I, you, Kevin, as you go through this list. Yeah, and I think your listeners have a right to know who they're dealing with. <laughs> okay. There's a couple of caveats which we can get to because I, I'm a little afraid that my top five are a little bit the same and redundant. So sure. after, after, it's, it's your list. So, so this yeah, is, no shame. There's, this is a, this is a no zone. shame zone, Kevin. You're fine. Yeah. I feel safe? Yeah, you're, you're in a safe place. <laughs> okay. All right. This is like the most unsafe place in the world. <laughs> okay. Number one, All the President's Men, Robert Redford uh, and uh, Dustin Hoffman playing Woodward and Bernstein about the Watergate scandal. Do you want me to just keep going or do you want to comment? Wait, as wait, we go? So, wait. so you're you're going one to five. One to five. These are your, these are your five favorite movies and you're starting with your favorite. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm just you know you're, you're you know oh. you know story structure says you should probably end on number one, but Ooh. you know Ooh. okay, all right, number let's go. You, you, you paid you, you paid to send him to college, right? This is this yeah. is the payback you're <laughs> yeah. getting right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, number five, all the presidents. No, have, you you. you <laughs> I, I, it doesn't okay. matter. It can go from one to five. They're all the sure. same. All right. Okay, five. All the presidents men. Uh, what, what do you What do you love about all the presidents men? The the tension, the the way they take a slow moving, unfolding political scandal and make it feel like everyone's going to die in the next half an hour at the hands of Richard Nixon. They really up you know the William Goldman. Uh, uh, script uh, and the music and Hal Holbrook as Deep Throat in the in the garage is just one of the all time great performances and it's just the, the the overall tension you're sweating when you get out of that movie. Well, let me say one thing and I'll I'll, I'll brook no denial here. Uh, William Goldman is a god. All right. Um, oh, absolutely. All the President's Men, uh, The Princess Bride, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid yeah. uh, wrote a couple of great books uh, yeah. about uh, about showbiz. But, uh, yeah, um, what what I liked about All the President's Men was so I was a reporter and it somehow somehow because it, it, it captured the grind because yeah. so much so much of being a good reporter and those guys and they captured it you just you, you keep hitting on doors you keep going back to people you make yourself a gigantic pain yeah. and uh yeah and and eventually eventually it worked out and it, it doesn't hurt having robert redford sort of at the top of the bill either i don't think that's so. true yeah yeah it it somehow shows both the gritty realness of being a reporter and the romance of it, and the two don't counteract each other at all. Yeah. And they I, actually I, enhance each other, which is pretty cool. Yeah, but I think it's changed a great deal since then. We don't have enough time on the show for me to talk about that right now, but yeah, uh, I, I love okay. that choice. That's one of my favorites. Okay. Um, uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Jimmy Stewart. Mm. Yep. <laughs> again, again, I'm I hate to be redundant here, but the theme of good guys against bad guys, the good guys uh, triumphing in the end, um, despite great odds, uh, hard to hard to go against it. And I think it's um, it's it's what we want. It's, it's what we want. We, yeah. we, we want to elect people who go to Washington yeah. and stay tried and true. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't, uh, uh, Bob and Endes, it, it doesn't always yeah. happen. <laughs> so, yes, that, yeah. that and well, it's, well, it's, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, yeah, while still acknowledging that corruption does exist, it does, it does both. It shows the, the innocence and pureness of Jimmy Stewart while showing the corruption of Washington without, without blinking at it, which is, some, which is, you know, it was still a pretty radical thing to say. Oh, for when that movie came out. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was, yeah, that was not the message that you normally got from movies. So, yeah. Right. Okay. Number three, the great escape. Ooh. <laughs> ah. Steve McQueen, James Garner, James Coburn, Richard Attenborough, Elmer Bernstein, the, the, the list, music. The list goes on and on and on. Yeah. Uh, and having, I, I read the book about the real life story. There was no Steve McQueen really in that, you know, on the motorcycle. But, and it, and the, I love what, it was an epic film and it was done in two parts. It was about three plus hours. So they had to break it into parts one and part two. 
but for again, I'm sorry to be redundant. Good guys, bad guys. You can't get better bad guys than the Nazis. <laughs> exactly. You know. Yeah. Uh, and it was, uh, and and again, it was a. Um, oh, uh, Charles Bronson. Yeah, but but it, but also it was. Uh, those those old war movies when, when when I think of those it's the uh the cinematography you know oh. uh and and just the and and, and all the and I don't know uh, and I'm sure Keenan knows more about this than I do but um I've been, I've been, uh, Martin Scorsese is on his tour for Killers of the Flower Moon, and I've seen a, a lot of things with him. And it's fascinating seeing someone like Scorsese talk about watching old movies like that and talking about the techniques. You, as a, as a viewer, you don't notice it. But when someone who knows what they're talking about points it out, you go, wow, editing's a pretty important part of a movie, isn't it? So, <laughs> so yeah, um, uh, but, but what, what, yeah, what strikes me about The Great Escape is, is that fantastic cast and, and just the way the movie looked. Keenan? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's a testament to the power of movie stardom. Um, and it, it just, it's, it has, it's like Ocean's Eleven. It just has every famous person in one movie and allows them all to be charming and bounce off each other. It's one of the more rewatchable movies I've ever seen. Oh, a movie that I forced my own children to watch many, many times. It's just you're a good parent. That's why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. I wouldn't say forced. We enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm leaving uh, It's a Wonderful Life off the list uh, just for a second because I got to go number two to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Who are those? Another guys? William Goldman. William Goldman, George Roy Bean, George Roy Hill, the director. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it just, I don't know. It's just, uh, I can't swim. When they're well, when they're jumping off the cliff, but it, it's it, it's chemistry again, and yeah. then they and then they did mm-hmm. it again. They, they did it again with the sting, but the sting, yeah. but but they were they were they were movie stars, and they just and they just they they just dominated the screen. Although I would like to point out, Newman was a movie star. Redford was not, and in fact, when he auditioned for the film, they wanted him to play Butch. And Newman to play the Sundance Kid, and Redford said, "I want to play the Sundance Kid." Keenan, are you impressed with my behind-the-scenes knowledge? <laughs> You're killing it. You're absolutely killing it. I, I think the the Redford trivia is great because Goldman knew that Newman was going to wipe him off the screen unless he didn't help him a little bit, and so the uh, the first scene in the movie. It, well, the, sec- the first movie that features the Sundance Kid oh. is a long shot of Redford's face yeah. ha- cheating at cards, and it doesn't cut away from Redford for about five minutes. And that, and he, they they do that to sh- tell the audience this is a guy you need to pay attention to. This is an important person, an important <laughs> actor, and I wonder if that one shot helped his career more than mo- a lot of movies he did. And then, and then the other thing. So they established Redford, and then, but you, you've got Newman right away. I mean, he's sort of like, you know, ask uh, us can, to, can we just ask, can we just move away? Ask you know, us to stick around. Yeah, just just ask <laughs> us to stay. And he's doing everything he can to let this guy know that he's in serious trouble. But and, wait a minute, yeah. can I ask a question? Redford, uh, the Sundance was not cheating, was he? Yeah. I don't at cards. I'm pretty sure he was. Interesting. I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty sure he was, and there's a, there's that great line that the guy says. He goes, "I'm a cheater, and I'm I can't even see how you're cheating." 
He's so good at cheating that the guy can't even tell. But Sundance said, and Sundance has that streak of righteousness in him. He goes, I wasn't cheating. I wasn't cheating. Just ask me to stay. I, I believe him when he says, I wasn't cheating. Mm, mm. Interesting. Interesting. I always thought he was, and he just didn't want to, he resented being caught. <laughs> See, this this reminds me of the debate uh, when, when when George Lucas redid Star Wars about whether Han Solo shot first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, I, oh, you're missing me, Keenan. You got to explain that. Oh, uh, do we have enough time? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's get into it. Get into yeah. it briefly. We'll take a break. Do it briefly. There's a scene when in the introduction of Han Solo where a bounty hunter corners him, and in the original cut, Han Solo to get out of it. Uh, shoots him under the table, and he shoots uh, first. And when George Lucas came back years later and re-edited Star Wars, which is a very controversial thing to do to alter your own art, he uh, he wanted to make Han more of a hero, so he changed it so the bounty hunter Greedo shoots first, and Han shoots. Is this in, in is this in the bar scene? It's in the bar. Yeah, yeah, I'm blanking. Uh, I, yeah. I'm blanking on the on the name of the bar. Uh, yeah. Cantina. The, the Star Cantina. Wars, yeah, the Cantina band. Um, so just a quick comment on Lucas redoing his films. So they're his movies, and he can yeah. do whatever he wants. But I don't have to like it. Yeah, yeah agreed. <laughs> agreed. I also don't think he can do whatever he wants. Once they're out, they're out. Well, I, but but hey, he's, he's George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, it's fair to say. Okay, uh, that was number two, uh, and we've put Jimmy Stewart, It's a Wonderful Life, off to the side for the moment. Uh, to raise the suspense, let's see. Number five was, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> number five was All, all the, the President's all the Men. President's men. Uh, four <laughs> was Mr. What? Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Three was The Great Escape. Two was, I can't remember. We, we were just talking about it. Yeah, whatever it was. Whatever it was. It was Butch Cassidy. Butch Cassidy. Butch Cassidy at the side. Okay, now and now. Write these down. The buildup. Is he's making this stuff up off the top of his head, Keenan? You know that. Um, number yeah. one. Number one. Drum roll, please. Three days of the Condor. A nineteen, oh. a, a little, little obscure, but a nineteen seventy-five <laughs> American thriller directed by Cindy Pollack, starring Robert Redford, Faye Dunaway. Oh my. Be still my heart. <laughs> Cliff Robertson and Max von Sydow as the CIA hired contract killer in a trench coat and a and a fedora. Um, I think I forced Keenan to watch this when he was a child. What do you guys think? That's a great movie. <laughs> um, uh, it's interesting to see three Redfords on this list. Yeah, I, I love the guy. <laughs> Total, total man crush. I mean, look, Redford, we could talk about all day. Downhill racer. I mean, there's a guy who didn't have a lot of money. Uh, he had bought all this land out in Utah and to pay for the improvements, he started making movies, uh, and, and taking the fee to put into the ski resort out there. But, you know, downhill racer, that's one of the greatest. Um, you know, Redford's true to his art. I got to tell you. Well, he and and again, you see uh, another movie of his, The Electric Horseman, oh. with, with, with Jane Fonda. Oh yeah. I, I mean, uh, and, and Willie Nelson with one of the classic lines in cinema that I can't repeat on a family radio station. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's just 
Redford's one of those guys. If Redford's in the movie, I'm going to want to see it. Yeah. I might not like the movie, but I, but I, I can't think of many things I haven't liked Robert Redford in. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing too because early on in his career, he didn't get a lot of respect. There's a famous quote from a studio head saying, "Redford's nothing but a Malibu blonde. If I throw a stick on the beach, I'll hit five of them." <laughs> and he. And he proved him wrong. He proved him wrong. He became one of the great movie stars in history. Well, wow. sounds like he's describing a Ken there, but that's uh, beside the point. <laughs> Another movie, a, a caller just called in. They didn't want to come on the air, but uh, they are talking about one of those movies that Redford made because he could and because he wanted to, not for the money, Jeremiah Johnson. Yes. Which is, you know, his family gets killed by Native Americans in the forest, and he goes on a, on a, on a, uh, a revenge uh, campaign uh, to avenge his family's death. Great film. Yeah. So. All right. So there's there's the top okay. five. So what's your reaction, Keenan? Um, I can't say I'm surprised. You know. Uh, <laughs> you know, you are who you are. Right. And <laughs> and this list reflects who you are. I think all of your listeners uh, have a have a more detailed description in their head of. The right. kind of man you are, That's which right. I think is a good one. <laughs> okay, but in the five minutes that we have remaining, let's turn the tables. Keenan, give us. Can you give okay. us the top three for you? The top three? Sure. Um, I know it's hard. Sure. You know, I've been watching a lot of Coen Brothers recently, and Ooh, so I'll, yeah. I'll throw one in there. I gotta say, Inside Lewin Davis. Yeah. Is a movie about a folk singer before Bob Dylan made made folk singing cool, and it's just it's one of the saddest uh, oh. movies about a failing artist I've ever seen. It's a horror movie for anyone who wants to try to be an artist. Um, it's, it's true. You want to cry for the guy. Yeah, I know. It's, you feel yeah, bad. It's just it's absolutely brutal. Um, but I he did become watched. a he did become a starfighter uh, a, a pilot in one of the Star Wars movies. So well, yeah, the actor's doing very well. He's in <laughs> Dune as well. He's, he's an actor, Kevin. He's an actor. Oh right, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah these aren't documentaries. Okay. Um, then I would say I just rewatched this actually, Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> um, I'm a big action movie fan, and I gotta say. Um, I, there's nothing quite like Mad Max Fury Road. It's the greatest action movie I've ever seen in my life. And it, your, your jaw's on the floor the entire movie. And if you haven't seen it, I would suggest putting it on as big a screen as possible, turning off all the lights and jamming up the volume because it is, it is truly an experience. Okay. Um, That's great. Uh, Kaya Winchell has come into the studio. What about Hitchcock movie. Oh, oh man! Well, See, this okay. is the thing. We, we go oh, yeah. down this problem. worm. We go down this wormhole, and yeah, and and that's because the last time Keenan was on, I spent the next two days going, "Oh, I forgot to mention this movie. I forgot to mention this movie." <laughs> Kaya Winchell is now in the studio with a handwritten list. Okay, here we go. Go ahead, Kaya. Okay, so oh. mine is Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. Okay. Okay. Love yes. It. Uh, believe it or not, Robert Mitchum and Deborah Carr in Heaven Knows Mr. Allison. Wow, that's an obscure one. Wow. Okay. Another favorite one, because I love Judy Holliday, 
Born Yesterday with William Holden. Uh, William Holden. Wow. He was he was he was a movie star. He, when was, he was a movie younger. star. Yeah. yeah. And then my final one is because I could identify every family member. Little Miss Sunshine with Abigail Breslin. <laughs> And Paul Dano, who I thought was fabulous in that movie. That was um, that was also yeah. that that was that was Alan Arkin. He was the Alan he, 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 he was the crazy grandfather. Yes. And Greg, I think Greg Kinnear was he the father and in Steve that? Steve Carell and Tony yeah. Collette. Yeah, yeah, oh, I love great movie. Tony is, Collette, I but, love Tony. But this is, is these movies don't save America the way Robert Redford does in All the President's <laughs> Men. I'm about saving America. Kaya's you know? leaving now. I'm leaving. Kaya. All right. Thank you, Kaya. Thanks, Kaya. Thank you for letting me interrupt. <laughs> okay, Keenan, we got to finish here. We're 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 uh, we've only got a minute left. What's your fa- uh, final film? I would say uh, Princess Mononoke. It's a uh, animated film by Hayao Miyazaki yeah. in in Japan, and it's yeah. uh, a truly great fantasy epic that yeah. uh, genius that guys. I, I've genius. been watching since I was a kid. And what's so? And I think. I think animated movies are an entirely different category yeah. because, uh, um, and again, Laura and I were lucky in that we had the excuse to go see all these films out because we had grandkids, but we no longer pretend. Uh, when there's a, yeah. when there's like a new Pixar or something like that, we'll go because they're just they're they're really really good movies. So. They're really great movies, and yeah, I, I I would suggest in these final seconds for anybody listening to not let animation or subtitles. Yes. Um, get in the way of you watching great movies because there are many, many great movies out there that are that are just as the great director Bong Shu Noi will say. There's it's a tiny wall that you can just step over, and there's a whole other just canon of film that's just waiting for you. Keenan Ellis from California, our film critic on VT Viewpoint. Thanks for joining us. That was fun. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thanks, Keenan. Greg Titus, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It was we, fun. We got to go. It's our show for today. Thanks to our guests, Julia Watson, Greg Titus, and Keenan Ellis. The show becomes a podcast at WDEVradio.com. And, of course, you can listen to our show anytime by going to the intra in, intra webs, intra webs. The I intra- think that D- Danny is Danny agreeing with. No, Danny's laughing at us. Intra webs. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind. I'm here Wednesdays and Fridays. I'll be back Friday. We're going to do books in the last segment with Mary Bisbee Beak uh, this Friday, among other guests. As always, we'll talk politics, media, culture, and everything else on my mind and yours. Our show is produced by me, engineered by, made possible by Danny McGivigan and all the folks at WDEV, along with Greg Titus today. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Kevin Ellis, and we'll see you right back here Friday on VT Viewpoint Live Radio on the friendly pioneer. Hello, Kenley Squire, WDEV.